Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, we're going to take a little respite from basketball. Of course, we're heading out to the NCAA tournament, so figured on a travel day, on a day we're going to get a lot of reporting done. We'll leave you with a little football talk. I get on an NFL draft expert, Josh Edwards. He's a draft analyst for CBSSports.com. He's written for 24-7 Sports as well. And we get to know what the national guy thinks of the Illinois draft prospects. Devin Witherspoon, expected first-round pick. Quan Martin and Sidney Brown, have they established themselves as day two picks? And how high could Chase Brown go in this NFL draft? We'll go over all that. And, of course, my Bears. 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 We are at the forefront of the NFL, and it seems like we're actually doing things that people understand and that people agree with, including trading the number one overall draft pick for a haul that includes the ninth pick of this draft, a second rounder in this draft, a first rounder in 2024, which I think could be very, very good, a very, very good draft pick, and DJ Moore. I say CJ later to Josh. I I just had a brain fart. But DJ Moore, an actual top 20 wide receiver on the Chicago Bears roster, a cost-controlled guy, makes so much sense. I really like what Ryan Polks has done, if you cannot tell. Uh, I think this made a lot of sense to not only address a huge need right now with a young player, cost-controlled player, but also add some premium draft picks. The first rounder this year, top 10 pick, get some O-line help, get some D-line help. Maybe we want another playmaker, but I think you're going to get a very good player there as long as you hit with that draft pick. Get a couple second rounders as well. And then that 2024 first round pick is one of the biggest things of this. Uh, don't don't scoff at that because even if it's pick 15 or pick 12 or pick 8, uh, that is a very valuable pick in what is a very deep draft And I also think it gives you draft capital in case Justin Fields doesn't work out. But I'm hoping Justin Fields does work out. We saw the glimpses. We saw how good he can be. Could that be Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia? Could it be Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver out of Ohio State? Could it be the other wide receiver out of Ohio State? It could be a top 20 draft pick. Draft capital. Uh, That's what they have, and they have a lot of cap space that they're using right now. Um, They could be flexible going into next year with some cap space as well. This all makes sense of what Ryan Poles is doing, and this is why tearing it down to build it back up. But to have the number, uh, a quarterback that could be a guy, makes this a little bit more interesting that you don't have to use the number one pick in a year where there's four guys who are in the mix for a number one, but it's not clear-cut number one. uh, Gives you a little bit of time 
uh, and gives you a little bit of flexibility. So um, Ryan Pace, at least he gave us Justin Fields on the way out, but we obviously had to tear down this entire roster. And it's been interesting to watch what Ryan Poles has done. But enough Bears. Uh, we'll talk more Bears with Josh Edwards and what he thinks of getting this haul that includes first-rounders, second-rounders, and DJ Moore, uh, but also the rest of this draft. Where's the depth? Where's the strength? Where's the weaknesses? Uh, as well as what are the Illini? Where are they on teams' boards? Where are they on Josh Edwards' boards? We'll get to that here coming up on the Illini Inquirer podcast. But first, when you hear names like Frank Williams, Sergio McClain, Marcus Griffin, Jerry Hester, you think of a golden era of Illini basketball. A lot of good memories with those guys. But they also all come from Peoria. And for two decades, the Peoria to Illini pipeline powered one of the greatest eras in Illinois hoops history. Now you can read the inside stories and the behind-the-scenes tales of these players and more in an engaging and insightful new book. It's called Playgrounds to the Pros, Legends of Peoria Basketball by Jeff Carson and published by the University of Illinois Press. You can get your copy wherever you shop for books online. That's Playgrounds to the Pros, Legends of Peoria Basketball by Jeff Carson, published by University of Illinois Press. Josh Edwards, CBS Draft Expert, next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's get some uh, NFL draft insight from CBS Sports' Josh Edwards, who's joining us. And uh, it's rare for for my team uh, to make a move that is widely applauded. Uh, But the Chicago Bears, Josh, decide to trade the number one overall pick before the start of free agency, which is going on right now and uh, get a haul from the Carolina Panthers that includes two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and a starting good wide receiver in uh, C.J. Moore. So what did you think about what they were able to get from Carolina? Yeah, when this process began, I was kind of you know hoping they were going to be able to stay within striking range of getting one of those elite defenders, whether that was Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr., but the package that they got in return, I don't think anybody could argue with the type of value that they got. Um, And I think adding a player like DJ Moore really kind of gives them some stability in that wide receiver room. Uh, Suddenly you feel a lot more comfortable with Darnell Mooney, uh, Chase Claypool being the second and the third options, as opposed to being the go-to guys in that offense. So um, adding a star like that kind of helps the depth in that room. And I think overall um, Chicago kind of took fate into their own hands. You know, they didn't go into free agency needing to get one of these overpriced wide receivers They didn't have to enter the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. They kind of took matters into their own hands and filled a big need before we even got to free agency. Yeah, DJ Moore, thank you for for, for correcting me there. (laughs) Uh, I was a phenomenal player. What did you think of the the Carolina side of this, and and who do you think would make most sense for them as a quarterback at number one? 
Yeah, I've seen opinions all over the board as to what Carolina is going to do with the pick, but I think now having the number one pick in your control kind of gives you the flexibility that what we saw with Chicago. I mean, you could stay and pick. You could trade back a little bit if you feel you like two or three of these guys in this class and you're comfortable with any one of them. Um, so it's entirely possible that they do end up trading back and getting compensation maybe from a team like Indianapolis that we thought was rumored to be uh, in the mix for number one overall. But I think when you have struggled to fill the quarterback position the way that they have in recent years, you have to be aggressive and get the guy that you think is the best in this, in this class, uh, whoever in, that ends up being, I kind of find it hard to believe that they would give up all of this to, to acquire Bryce young. Um, so in my mind, they're probably leaning towards CJ Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson uh, Levis being the least mentioned of the group, but I know for a fact Carolina has liked him at, at points in this process, so I wouldn't entirely rule him out either. But I think Carolina at this point, with everything that they've you know gone through trying to fill the quarterback position, they're probably just going to stay put at number one overall and pick the best player. It seems pretty rare to be able to mention four different guys as a possibility as the number one quarterback in this draft. I guess you go back to the Baker year, Darnold, Josh Allen, you know, Lamar was in that group. Uh, Josh Rosen, right, was in that group. Is that the comp to this? Of of like how 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 rare is that, and how how difficult is it to parse it through parse through these guys of who is the best pick at number one? Well, it's exciting. Um, you know what ultimately comes of this class is is uh, you know up for interpretation because as much as we talk about these quarterback prospects. Uh, and what their strengths and weaknesses are, a lot of their success is going to be determined by the situations that they step into. Uh, the coaching that's around them, the players that are around them, some of them are not you know, at a stage in their lives and their careers where they can handle being you know, the focal point of a franchise. So you kind of need to give players like Anthony Richardson a little bit of time, but I think you see the traits that get you excited. Um, you know, we look back at that class with Baker and he ended up being the number one overall pick after spending months talking about whether the Browns were going to take Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen number one overall. So the fact that anybody is projecting what Carolina is going to do at number one right now, I think is a little bit misguided. Uh, and everything that we say about Bryce Young and how talented he is and the type of leader that he is, we've seen time and time again from quarterbacks is that we don't know how to evaluate the position. I mean, a lot of it is luck. So we'll probably look back in a couple of years and the first quarterback taken might end up being the third best prospect at the position from this class. I mean, it's entirely difficult to tell, but I think one thing that I can say with certainty is that fans have reason to be excited about the possibilities at the quarterback position atop the draft. I want to get into the Illinois guys here and, and you can mention one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm sure coming up here uh, when we talk about some of the first round and in the top of the draft, but if you're not looking for a quarterback, what are the positions that you feel good about um, in this draft? And then the, the converse of that, what positions are kind of lacking? As far as elite talent is concerned, I think the edge rusher position is probably the one that I feel most comfortable with in terms of the depth at the top of the class. Um, you've got uh, Will Anderson. You've got Miles Murphy. A lot of people like Lucas Van Ness, who is an Illinois native himself. Um, you know, there's options atop this draft class. George's Nolan Smith did a really good job of, um, you know, putting his best foot forward at the NFL Combine. So there's talent there. But as far as the class that I like the most, the position group that I like the most, it has to be the tight end position. I think there's four guys that 
in this specific year are worthy of that first round conversation. Because once you get past the first eight prospects or so in this class, I think the the rankings from team to team are going to be very volatile. I think what you may see from one team at number 20, uh, maybe a different team's number 50 overall player may not even be on that team's board at all. So I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, volatility, differing opinions in this class. And I think when you look at Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, when you look at Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, Iowa's Sam Laporta. I love Sam Laporta. I think it's finally good that he gets a little bit of recognition among this stack tight end class. But Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately. Um, but uh, really deep, talented tight end class. And I think teams that are not capable of getting one on day one um, can still get really quality players even into day three. I'm probably doing this for myself and Bears fans, but offensive line, um, th- that top tier, what do you think of Peter Skaronsky, a Big Ten guy, Paris Johnson, a, a Big Ten guy, and then Broderick Jones, Illinois actually was in on him recruiting-wise. Um, very young, but but very talented. What do you think of of that possibility in that number nine range? I think you certainly have to consider it. Um, Skaronsky would be the one that I was I'm most comfortable with among that group. Johnson and Jones, you see the traits that kind of get you excited, but they're still young, developing players. I mean, Paris Johnson spent one year at left tackle. Uh, Broderick Jones still very young in his own right. So I think both of those players are unfinished products, and it's it's kind of difficult to project what they're going to be, although you see all of the traits that get you excited. Uh, Skaronsky for me is just, you know, the highest floor in this class, maybe the lower ceiling as, as far as uh, the tight end or the offensive tackles that we've been talking about. But I think you absolutely consider him with the number nine overall pick because whether he stays at offensive tackle, which I know he can, um, he may not be this elite offensive tackle in the NFL, but I think he can be a very solid offensive tackle to next level. But even if he's not, you feel comfortable about his ability to transition inside and, and really be a long-term option for a team as an interior blocker. Um, so I would certainly consider that, especially as you're trying to figure out what Justin Fields is and what his future is within your organization, because I think you have to have an answer on that after this season, because you now have this additional draft capital where if you decide he's not your guy after this season, then you now have the draft capital to make a move next year and potentially get one of those top quarterbacks, whether that's North Carolina's Drake May, whether it's USC's Caleb Williams, or somebody else that emerges over the next 12 months. We've seen wide receivers come in and make immediate impacts. We know running backs certainly certainly can do that, um, even though their their value might be a little lower when it comes to draft stock, just because of the nature of the position. But if if you're a fan of an NFL team looking for a playmaker, Josh, which ones do you have the most confidence in in this class? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as in, like position groups or just individuals? Individuals at wide receiver yeah. running back, yeah. Yeah, the ones that I feel most comfortable with would be North Carolina's Josh Downs. Um, a little bit more of a, a slight frame, but somebody I think that can transition um, well to the next level. He's already a very polished route runner, somebody that has shown a knack for creating separation and eluding defenders post-catch. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, you know, Taking aside his individual talent, um, you can you can kind of see the transition, how easily it's been for Ohio State wide receivers making that leap from college to NFL, uh, whether it was Terry McLaurin or Michael Thomas or Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. 
there's plenty of examples in recent years, and I think Smith and Jigba is not the most explosive, but a player that's going to be really productive for you because of how polished and you know easy the game kind of comes to him. He's got a real natural feel for sitting in zones and stuff like that. So those are the two that I'm most comfortable with. I know a lot of people are not going to have them atop the board because um, you know they don't lack the explosive traits, they don't lack the or they don't they don't have the size that, that a lot of teams covered as far as boundary options are uh, concerned, but. Those guys, I think I have the easiest time looking at and saying they're going to transition uh, to the next level very easily. All right, let's dive into these Illinois guys. And, you know, you've come on and talked about some guys who might be borderline picks. Seems like four Illini are likely to get drafted within the you know top four, top five rounds here. Uh, but one in the first round. It's been a while since Illinois has had a, a first rounder. Uh, A.J. Jenkins and Whitney Merciless back in 2012. But Devin Witherspoon, you have going number 10 to the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a very popular destination in mock drafts. Just give me what your evaluation of, of Devin Witherspoon is when he got on your radar and, and just what you think of him. Yeah, he was one of my preseason top 10 players in the Big Ten. So, I mean, he's somebody that I valued even before what many consider a breakout season. He's got a little bit more of a slimmer frame um, for a boundary cornerback, but he certainly doesn't play like it. Uh, he plays much bigger. He's, you know, got a fiery personality. I love the personality in which he shows on the football field. Um, in Philadelphia specifically, I think that's really something that could endear Witherspoon to a team like that because of the energy in that community, the way that those, those um, you know, natives of Philadelphia carry themselves. I think he's an easy player to root for in that kind of an environment. So, He's really well coached. Um, you know, he's willing to play downhill. And that's something that I've said about all of these Illinois defensive backs in the past couple of years is they're really well coached. Um, and that's going to be something that teams look at because you kind of have more faith in a player like Witherspoon and, you know, Kirby Joseph last year being able to make the transition to the NFL because of how they've been coached to this point. One thing that I liked about Joseph last year is you could see the amount of confidence that the Illinois coaching staff had in him. Um, you know, he would show blitz at the line and then dart back, um, you know, 20 yards into coverage right before the snap. And you don't see that from a lot of college programs uh, because they don't trust their defensive backs to be able to make that kind of a read. So um, I think those players are empowered. And I see I think you see why it transitions so easily to the next level. And I think that's going to help help Witherspoon. I was going to ask you, how do you see they're well coached when you're watching film? Yeah, it's just their discipline. Um, you Again, you see them being empowered to do things that a lot of younger cornerbacks, safeties are not um, empowered to do because, you know, you typically try to simplify the game for, for these defensive backs. So when you can see them handle a larger workload in the way that Illinois' defensive backs have been, um, that's something that you really look for. You see the coaching staff um, have confidence in those players. Because you can ask them to do something, but when you see coaches ask a player to do something that's outside of their comfort zone and maybe a step farther than the basics that would be required on a specific play, I think that's really where you kind of see that discipline and that coaching come into play. Feels like Sidney Brown's stock has, has really skyrocketed here. What do you think of him uh, and how high do you think Sidney Brown can go? Yeah, so for me, I still think it's probably going to be early day three type range. Um, I think he's all, all of those Illinois testers were just fantastic. I mean, they jumped out of the gym, they ran fast. So as far as an individual program, uh, college is concerned, I mean, Illinois acquitted themselves as well as anybody at the NFL Combine. 
but Sidney Brown, I think, is just a really instinctual player, you know, similar to what we've been talking about with a lot of these Illinois defensive backs. Um, you know, now he has the testing to kind of stack up with that. So you feel a little bit more comfortable with him. Maybe he does get into the back end of day two there. But I think with the way that he's been coached and the athleticism that he has shown, if he's able to put it all together at the next level, I think you're looking at a player that could stick in the league for a long time. Quan Martin, too, uh, has shown a lot of versatility. Um, what do you think of his stock? Yeah, you said it, versatility. I mean, this is a player that can play safety. He can play the nickel position. Um, you know, tested very well in Indianapolis. I think I've got it um, right here, actually. Let's see. Yeah, 44-inch vertical jump. I mean, that is incredible. Um, 11-foot-1 broad jump. Uh, ran a 4-4-6, 1.47, 10-yard split. So, Tested off the charts, somebody that, uh, you know, really, really made a name for himself in Indianapolis. And I think similar to Sidney Brown, they're kind of traveling there together as far as those guys that could get into late day two, possibly early day three, because you're seeing the coaching that they received while they were at Illinois. And now they have the athletic background that kind of leads you to believe that there's even more untapped potential uh, down the road. So, you know, I think as teams kind of look for, defensive backs into day two into day three those are the types of players that they're going to take a chance on because they've shown that they can play at a high level and they can be trusted to you know execute a scheme last one for you josh uh chase brown was probably the most household name among college football fans when it came to illinois as he led the fbs in rushing during the regular season second team all american is an interesting running back class how do you kind of place chase brown uh, into all of that after such a fantastic last two seasons. Yeah, he's definitely moved up my board. Um, and to be honest, you know, sometimes the grades that we put on players don't necessarily match the notes. Um, so when you reached out to me, I looked at my grade and then I looked at my notes and I was like, why, why wasn't I higher on this guy going through the season? Hmm. Um, because everything I wrote about him was fantastic. He's a guy that's willing to put his nose in there and block. Um, he's got good vision. He showed good speed at the NFL combine good explosiveness. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited. I know he's a little bit of a smaller prospect in terms of being five foot nine and a half, but that 209 pounds is, you know, right in line with what you look, look for in a feature running back. So um, he's definitely answered some of the questions that I have for him. Um, you know, I'd like to see him run with a little bit more physicality sometimes and, and use that, that speed to kind of, um, you know, turn speed into power, but a player that really, I think has helped himself throughout this prospect. Uh, throughout this prospect, 1,600 rushing rushing yards this past season, 27 receptions. So he's shown his ability to be a well-rounded running back. Um, and I think he's definitely moved himself into the conversation where when you're looking for a running back, possibly day two, even into day three, that's a name that could really you know start to emerge because this is a deep running back class. Um, and I think Chase Brown has, has put his name right there alongside the others. Josh Edwards, CBS Sports, NFL draft expert. You can follow him on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. Josh, I know there's a really busy time, so we really appreciate your insight, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Josh Edwards, CBS Sports. Again, follow him on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. I always think it's really good perspective to get the national perspective on things, um, just so we know exactly what, you know, people are thinking about these players. But there's one thing about the NFL draft, and, and Brett Bielma mentioned this the other day. It only takes one. It only takes one team to love a guy. I mean, 10 years ago, I never thought A.J. Jenkins was going first round. But Jim Harbaugh and the San Francisco 49ers loved him. It ended up being a great pick. Uh, but 
you know, who else loved somebody in that draft from Illinois? It was Bill Belichick loved Tavon Wilson. And Tavon Wilson went way higher than people expected, about three rounds higher than people expected. Yet he was with the Patriots for a long time, very good for them, a very versatile piece, uh, and was a pro for more than a decade. So um, the NFL draft, that's what makes it so interesting, man, is, is the value is whoever wants to draft you and where they want to draft you. So obviously Devin Witherspoon's going to go pretty high. Philadelphia Eagles seem like a team that's got a lot of buzz for him, but there are a lot of teams wanting to talk to Aaron Henry, wanting to talk to Brett Bielma about Devin Witherspoon and, and obviously all those DBs. But Illinois should have four players drafted for the first time since that 2012 draft where four players from Illinois went in the first two rounds, Jeff Allen, um, Tavon Wilson, A.J. Jenkins, and Whitney Merciless. So uh, that's a good sign of, of what your program has right now in talent. And then you think of next year with Isaiah Adams, Johnny Newton, Julian Pearl, Keith Randolph. Those are the guys I hear about most that have potential uh, NFL draft potential next year and likely NFL draft picks next year. Uh, but another guy who's kind of making some people on the sidelines take notice uh, during the pro day was, was Isaiah Williams because he was running routes, catching passes for, for Tommy DeVito and Ryan Johnson. And uh, his quickness was, was, was catching people. Uh, they were like, who, who's that guy, man, he, he can, he can move. So Isaiah Williams got a chance, you know, he's obviously undersized, but uh, he still got to develop as a wide receiver, but another year, another year of being one of the guys and potentially getting more touches with Chase Brown out. I think Isaiah Williams has got a shot as well. As always, thank you for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Give us a like, subscribe there on YouTube as well. Uh, and we'll catch everybody out in Des Moines. Say hey to Joey if you're out in South Bend. But we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate all your support to allow us to travel and cover your teams the way they should be covered. So everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale. Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.